I'm Corey Novotny. I'm Brian Wells. And you're listening to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. So we've been kind of talking about this over the past couple minutes here, but uh, I just moved into a new apartment and I'm very much early in the moving process and the echo is just insane. Like, I don't think it's being picked up by my microphone. It's coming on your end though. And I don't know if my neighbors are just getting like the entire like clear recording of this. Um, (laughs) So I think it sounds fine. But yeah, at first when I joined, when I joined our chat, it was a little bit of a surprise like yeah obviously the background is uh-huh. different but then but hearing you i did hear a little bit of an echo at, originally and can i tell a little bit yeah but i'm i think it's totally fine yeah i mean as long as it doesn't take away from the recording i hear like i think is all that really matters but yeah i mean after being in the same place for five years i wasn't surprised that the background looking different was kind of significant so and uh, yeah, I mean, it's basically an empty room. I don't have a whole lot of furniture. It's still at my old apartment, but I don't have internet in my old apartment. So uh, I guess I just didn't really notice it with uh, with work today on any calls I was on. And all of a sudden now I'm just getting this crazy echo. So <laughs> hopefully it doesn't distract me too much and we can kind of get into this. But um, if I do sound a little timid, I think it's because I'm kind of, you know, not trying to yell here because it's just going to make it even worse. So we'll see. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be times where like I do want to start getting heated, um, you know, with some of the topics we have and it's all talking about the NFL. So <laughs> let's kind of jump right into it. And our Super Bowl 58 matchup is set. San Francisco 49ers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. The color theory didn't win, but that's because Patrick Mahomes is inevitable, apparently. And the Kansas City Chiefs, there's just nothing you can do about this team. They're, they're back in the Super Bowl. And I know a lot of people are upset about that, whether it's Chiefs fatigue, Taylor Swift, or what. But Kansas City, and let's start with the AFC Championship game. They are back for the fourth time in six years. Yeah, there's definitely some Chiefs fatigue, but they deserve to be in the Super Bowl. Uh, they, they've proven that they're a trustworthy team and their weapons on offense are stepping up at the most important time Travis Kelsey he kind of sucked all year for his standards but he's been killing it especially in these awesome past in two games yep. yeah he's been he's been great and then they've gotten a lot of contribution from Rasheed Rice of course breaking out in the second half of the season and Isaiah Pacheco still runs like a maniac <laughs> so <laughs> uh-huh. as long as those three guys uh are helping Mahomes out in the offense their offense is cliche clicking on all cylinders right now and I think I'm glad that they won because they they deserve to win that game the way that game played out even though the second half was ugly they were in control in that first half it should have been a bigger deficit honestly the way that first half played out and that the second half yeah they didn't they didn't really I mean they didn't, didn't score, score. Yeah. <laughs> they, they didn't do much but they didn't make any costly mistakes like right. other teams would which is really the important factor because the other team did make crucial mistakes at the worst times with with all the penalties that they committed and I know the Chiefs benefit from, from a lot of penalties but I don't know when you get clotheslined like Mahomes did right. of course they're gonna call a penalty just, on yeah, that stupid penalties you know you can complain about taunting you know my reaction is yeah no fun league but also when you throw a football do at the that. guy on the ground they're gonna throw a flag every time so yeah taunting a guy in the AFC championship game down double digits 
is certainly a decision. Yeah, and <laughs> it, it aged. And then karma yes, bit him in the ass right, with the the fumble immediately the afterwards uh, after he fumbles it at the one yard line. So, yeah, that was foolish on his part. And then the Ravens they get the ball back. It's not over, but then Lamar throws it into triple coverage, and which was just an absurd decision uh, at that point in the game. Uh, to make to make a throw like that was was so bad on his part, and I think this is why I've, I never really fully trust the Ravens, even though this is definitely the year where I I've believed them the most of all these years with Lamar under center. But this is why I can't fully buy. I mean, I I know I did after the Niners win on Christmas, but this is why I've always paused because. If they don't get off to these leads, we've seen a big enough sample size where they don't know what to, how, how to handle pressure situations uh, being down. Right. And yeah. they had eight design runs the entire game. Just Other than that, it was Lamar running for his ass, uh-huh. r- running for his life, I mean. Right. And uh, I think that this game, you know, you can talk about the Chiefs offense and, you know, everything with Patrick Mahomes and getting the most of his weapons. I think that the Chiefs defense all season long has been their strong suit. In this game, Steve Spagnuolo ran circles around Todd Munkin and, you know, John Harbaugh. It just it, it was a coaching mismatch when it came down to it on that side of the ball. Baltimore, so many mistakes. And look, I don't hate the Ravens per se. Um, certainly not in the same league as, uh, you know, the, those teams in Ohio, just given the, you know, Vontez perfect, every tie with him at the Bengals that still lingers. And then of course, all those Cretans who climb out of the lake in Northeast Ohio and show up to Browns games, not a fan of those teams, but I take so much satisfaction in the Ravens imploding in a championship, just yeah, shooting I, themselves I, in the foot time after time. It was just so much fun watching us. I don't care. Yeah, about I, these I, I was so s- Look, I think I'm in the minority of Patriots fans that yeah, I'm glad the I'm glad the Chiefs won. I, I'm I'm really gonna root for the team that had uh, all those years where they made it tough on the Patriots and I don't know just started started something called uh, Deflategate. True, yeah. They <laughs> in were. my opinion, uh-huh. they were kind of that team that you know after Brady said what he said and Harbaugh was all bitchy about that rule um, with with the ineligible receiver. Uh, yeah, so I still don't like the Ravens, even after all these years, even though a lot of their, you know, biggest stars are not there anymore. I still, I, I'm still satisfied that they lost and, and yeah, like <laughs> they, even though the Chiefs, they didn't play perfect by any means, but they were in control of that game pretty much for the entirety of that game. And even when Baltimore looked like they were going to make a comeback, they made the mistakes at the worst possible times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a game where... Baltimore I feel like as I was watching it especially early on it just felt like that they should have had more than seven points most of the game and I think part of it is Lamar Jackson made two unbelievable plays you know escaping the sack to hit Zay Flowers with a touchdown and then throwing a pass completion to himself like I think those plays yeah it was nice but it was was nice Mm -hmm. but what did that get right exactly it felt like it those those moments should have gotten them more but no I mean they crumbled it was like Lamar was like five for 12 passing in the the, first half the first half, the deficit should have been larger than it was. It, it, like the Chiefs should have been up probably by 20-something, uh, the way that was playing out in the first half. But the second half, the, the Ravens were starting to gain some momentum. But look, Lamar, even though he's, he deserves to be the MVP, he deserved the MVP the, the, the first time he won it, and he's a great quarterback, I would certainly take him on my team. But 
he wouldn't be my first choice because he still has not, even though he's he pro- he's proven that he's an electric quarterback with not just throwing but running and um, very dynamic player. Uh, but he wouldn't be my first guy because he wouldn't be my first choice because he hasn't really shown to. You know he has he hasn't proven uh, he can handle the adversity of of in losing situations. We've seen Mahomes, of course, in plenty of big games lose uh, to, to his two Super Bowls down losing to the to the Niners in the fourth quarter. He makes the big comeback, and then the same thing versus the Eagles uh, entering the the second half of that game. And uh, Burrow he, he down twenty one to three versus Mahomes in the AFC Championship game. He brought that team back and won that game. And, and we can go on with other examples of. Other guys, but Lamar, there's really nothing that stands out in terms of adversity, uh, in terms in in terms of like late game, you know, deficits. Right. No, it's always been a criticism for him, and it's a valid one. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. Like the Ravens can just beat up on teams when they jump out to these early leads, but then coming from behind, it just it doesn't work the same way with this team. And I think in the playoffs. You know, Lamar Jackson had a great showing against Houston, but this was kind of more of what we've more or less been used to, just disappointing in on this biggest stage here. And I really like Lamar Jackson. I think he's a fun player. I like, you know, that he's dynamic. What he brings is both a passer and a runner, but he definitely kind of shows that he's not quite in that tier with those other quarterbacks like, you know, Patrick Mahomes and you know, at, at that point, it's maybe not fair. Like when, when he's kind of the obvious, like at this point, he is very much like, you're not just number one in the entire league, but he's very much up there in the discussion of if he retired tomorrow or after the Super Bowl, like where would he be in the all-time greats? And you can probably put him on one hand in some form or, or another. But I do think that this Ravens team, like for the past however many months, I was looking at it being like the AFC is down this year. This team is dominating, especially not even, even before the 49ers victory. I was like, this team should go to the Super Bowl. And in a big moment, like the biggest game in their home stadium's history, their first ever AFC Championship game at home as the Baltimore Ravens, they lose in really, really bad fashion, 17 to 10. And in a lot of ways, it's, you know, they were un- unprepared, undisciplined, and just kind of showed their weaknesses. And I think that's a big concern. And I mean, at this point, how can you feel confident in this team just getting over that? you know, the, whatever this is that's holding them back because they, they have, they're not going to move on with their quarterback and they're not going to move on from their head coach. Like, what are they going to do? They're just going to be the same team and just hope that, you know, one year that everything does actually break right. But this is the year where everything broke. Maybe right. get a little bit more help at receiver because Zay Flowers, even though he played like a jackass in this past game, he was good yeah, he was at very times. Good rookie he's also their only you could honestly make a case he's really their only good receiver. Odell did nothing. We say that all, all the time with this team. Though. I know. It's like that's it's in their identity to not have a wide receiver. Like I know, and it hasn't <laughs> stopped them they, from like being really good. And I just I, it hasn't stopped them from being good, but at the same time, they've never made a Super Bowl in in the Lamar Jackson era. Yeah, I know. I mean, this goes back to, you know, the Flacco era. I think all the way if you want to go back to like the Kyle Bowler era in terms of how long it's been for the You know, that's a good point because if you were to ask me who were their best receivers on the Joe Flacco Super Bowl-led team, like what, Jacoby Jones? Yeah, they did not have Derek Mason? Did they have him on the team still? I think he might have been on the team then. I don't even know. Like looking (laughs) back, all I remember is Joe Flacco being great. Anquan Bolden? Yeah, he was... 
I was trying to remember the timeline on Bolden. He might have been on that team that won the Super Bowl, but I do remember looking at his stats, and he was significantly worse with Baltimore than he was with Arizona. With the Cardinals. And then he got better when he went to San Francisco, like in terms of his stats. So it's just something like that's just always kind of like a treat with this Baltimore Ravens team, regardless <laughs> of who's playing quarterback, regardless of the offensive coordinator is. And <laughs> the, the Steelers know how to draft good receivers. The Patriots always find a way to draft bad receivers. The Ravens always find a way to just not have any. Yeah, well, I say, I mean, for a long time, it was like the, the Steelers and the Ravens are like the NFL's biggest rivalry. The Steelers are great at drafting receivers, suck at drafting corners. The Ravens yeah, are great yeah, at drafting yeah, quarters, cor- suck at drafting receivers. Anquan Bolden was the leading receiver on the Ravens in the How many in the game? 104. Okay. So he had 100 yards in the game. Jacoby Jones, 56. The rest of the guys are just whatever. (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, they've never had like a decorated receiving core just for whatever reason. They can't figure it out. I mean, they throw first round picks at guys all the time. And, you know, Zay Flowers looks like he's maybe a hit here. We said that about Hollywood Brown and he got traded on his rookie deal. So. Yeah, I mean, I I will say I love that this was a seventeen to ten final score because this game just I thought it would be low scoring. They're the two best, two of the best defenses in the entire league. I didn't think it'd be this low scoring. No, where, where it'd be kind of boring. For right. Well, pretty much the entirety of that second <laughs> half. <laughs> I just think it was funny that it's the same score as um, the Steelers' loss in Week Five because it felt like the same thing. Whereas, like, what are the Ravens doing? Just you know, that game was a bunch of drop passes and a red zone turnover. It was just a comedy of errors by this Baltimore team. It's like that. Yeah, that's a recipe to beat the Ravens. Just make them beat themselves and make a couple big enough plays to win the game. And of course, the difference was the Steelers came from behind, where the Chiefs got on that early lead and just held on, but. I think it was a you know impressive victory for Kansas City coming into the playoffs. It was like you can't completely disregard this team as easy it was to be down on them just because you know the aura that comes with this franchise and this quarterback and head coach duo from the last half decade and once again back in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I I, I wasn't picking against them versus Miami, especially with that weather. But then like Buffalo was turning it around, but then see it just the same thing over again and I kind of had a feeling it was going to play out this way versus Baltimore I mean I I, I picked Baltimore but uh still had that kind of same thought in my head uh in the back of my mind where like oh, you know what even though the, this is not the same Chiefs team offensively they still are, are are a much more trustworthy team than pretty much any of these teams in the playoffs yeah yeah, I mean, well, like, the problem is, like, they're the one team that you can count on because they're the only team who has been doing this year in and year out. I mean, yeah. you know, we've seen all these other teams fail. and yeah. But even when they, even with their struggles, they still have found a way, found a way to win these games, right. even if their offense isn't as explosive. Right, and I think that, you know, it's, there's definitely a ton of credit being put on Patrick Mahomes you know a lot of the discussions being had here it's deserved and yeah I mean absolutely and when you go to six AFC championship games in six seasons and four Super Bowls four Super Bowl appearances and win two and maybe even a third one now yeah <laughs> I I hate that this 20-year run of excellence from the Patriots I didn't think anybody any quarterback coach team would come close to this and not only is a team, I mean, I, look, it's too far. It's still too, still many ways right, to yeah, go. Still but, a long way. But it's only been a few years, and there's already a team that's kind of knocking on the doorstep yep. a little bit. 
already this quickly? Like that was fast. That kind of sucks. Oh yeah, no, and I, was I can't like, deny it. Right? No, and I I get it, and I know a lot of Patriots fans are already getting defensive. I mean, like, oh, Brady's two and zero head to head against Mahomes in the playoffs, and you know, talking about like the seven ring versus two ring, still a long way to go. But you're starting to feel the heat, like there's pressure here, and I'll say. As a fan of a team that's in the AFC but has been mediocre for this whole stretch run, like the one positive thing about the Steelers just not really being relevant is that it hasn't taken away from my appreciation of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And I can just sit here and be like, yeah, like go get the Patriots and Brady's records because they haven't beaten me. <laughs> you know, I know the 2021 wildcard game, but that was like the definition of playing for house money when it came to a playoff game. I haven't had my heart broken by them like you know Bills fans and Bengals fans and Ravens fans have so until the Steelers get to that point where like Mahomes is like ending my season in heartbreaking fashion I'm just gonna sit here and keep rooting it on and you know you're eventually gonna and, turn to the point where and, you're like I gotta stop rooting against him because he's gonna threaten my, my goal yeah I, I I'm definitely a fan of the guy I would I'm, I'd root for him to have success for sure I I rooted for for the Chiefs when they in that first Super Bowl that they had versus San Francisco uh, and I rooted for the Chiefs and versus the the Eagles last year. Uh, so, but at the same time, it comes to a point where all right, can't can't win. It's be, yeah, it's too much. It it, it, it it comes to a point where it's like all right, this is too much. You can't have this much success. Right. Yeah. And once I think, it gets to a certain point, I do think like the big question will be what does Pastor Mahomes look like post Andy Reid? You know, the Tyreek Hill post Travis out. Kelsey. Right. And I, I think like removing. Tyreek Hill, I think, and Travis Kelsey having a down year. I know he's stepped it up in the playoffs. I think that kind of takes the allure a little out of there. He does need to be thrown out, but when it comes to replacing his No, I'm, his I'm factoring coach, that in. Yeah, right. Well, I think the— No, I, I agree that uh, in losing the coach— right, both Reed and uh, Kelsey, but I think that'll be the big and one. And I, I, I know Andy Reid, look, he didn't win any Super Bowls until he had Mahomes, but every coach—certainly Belichick might know this now— every coach needs to have a great quarterback— Yep. Or or the guy if if they want to win not just one Super Bowl like yeah Nick Foles won one <laughs> but uh, to actually compete for a Super Bowl year in and year out you got to have a great quarterback even as as good of a coach as you can be you still need to have the a, the great quarterback under center and Andy Reid even though before he had Mahomes you can certainly question some things about him like his clock management and all that but. Guy's always gotten the most out of the quarterback position. I hated McNabb. <laughs> like, I thought I thought he was so overrated, and he got he got him and that Eagles team the what like four NFC championship right, games, one Super Bowl appearance. Yeah, in a row, one Super Bowl appearance. He he revived Michael Vick's career after yeah, true. he came out of back from prison. Even Alex Smith and was he, really He even got good. Alex Smith yeah. was actually ha- half decent. Right, uh, when, he was he was he playing him. like an MVP candidate at at points in in that uh KC run of his. So, so you you can't deny that with Andy Reid that he's gotten a lot the most out of co- the quarterback position. Right, so I think so, it'll yeah, be a I agree with of, you that yeah. losing him, and it's, it sounds crazy, but yeah, like losing him would be probably the biggest loss of like the the three guys you mentioned because Tyreek Hill. As fun as he is to watch, as fast as he is, like they literally won a Super Bowl without him. Right, right. So and, and I, then Travis Kelsey, yeah, like that would be a big loss too. But the entire year until up up until this point, he really hasn't done much. Right. I think it's the ability to 
refine the offense without Tyree Kill gives me belief that they can do that. If Travis Kelsey does decide to join his brother Jason, you know, walk off in retirement after this game, like some of the rumors, obviously he's a huge loss. I mean, he's one of, if not the best tight ends to ever play the game. Yeah. But I think that losing Andy Reid, you know, having to restart with a different offensive Restart coach, with a completely different offense. I think that would be offense. kind of the question mark is what does Patrick Mahomes do from there? And I think that'll really kind of determine where he truly falls in, in terms of his greatness. Because I don't know that he necessarily needs to win seven Super Bowls, but he's got to come close. And I think that being able to win multiple Super Bowls with multiple head coaches would certainly uh be a, a nice yeah. thing for him to to be able to say and especially since brady did leave belichick and win one more so yeah but uh you know that's obviously future talk you know who knows maybe if the chiefs win the super bowl andy reed decides to also just ride off into retirement i think there's been reports going both ways about whether yeah or not i've, I've it seen up. it, it. It's, it's gotten there have been enough reports now where even adam schefter has brought up that rumor now right. about andy reed might retire and someone else could replace him whether that's spagnola or matt belichick Nagy. oh belichick matt Nagy. Oh, <laughs> matt, matt Nagy. Nagy. if mahomes can win a super bowl with matt Nagy, oh yeah the, oh if he can win a super bowl with matt Nagy, then yeah the debate might be <laughs> over at that point <laughs> <laughs> i don't know brady won a brady won a super bowl with bruce arians and literally said i didn't do anything brady right. did everything yeah <laughs> that, <laughs> just openly uh-huh. just putting it out there yeah i suppose that is fair to say so, um, you know, the Kansas City is moving on to the Super Bowl and we get a rematch of four years ago with the San Francisco 49ers on the NFC side. And I think that there's two ways we can go about this, but I kind of want to start by talking about the team that lost in this game, the Troy Lions. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Oh, you do? I do, because yeah. that was a <laughs> devastating loss for, for Lions and Lions fans. And I think there's a lot to talk about, especially when you blow a 24 to 7 halftime lead. Yeah, <laughs> this is not this. This is not about the Niners uh, winning. This is all about Detroit and how they blew it. And Corey, if there's anything I learn about myself in my life is that I take sports way too seriously. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, and, I agree with and, that. And, <laughs> good, great. No, I um, agree. Like I also do. I think both of us do. Oh, yeah. I mean, both of us do. Yeah, okay. right. Like we have a podcast uh, talking about sports. Like we obviously yeah. take them pretty seriously. Yeah, <laughs> a mostly sports podcast. Like mostly like ninety nine percent sports. Right. Right. <laughs> and anytime my favorite teams lose, whether it's the Patriots in Super Bowl forty two, or or other Super Bowl losses. Whether it's the Bruins losing Stanley Cups or getting bounced early, Celtics last year, whatever it is, I I I don't handle the losing well when my favorite teams, especially or even just in any and and anything, I don't handle losing well. But when it comes to the Lions losing on Sunday, I don't think I've ever been more mad over a non like Boston sports or just any any like real fandom. I don't think I've ever been that mad in my life over a game that it's look at the lions lost the Niners just convincingly just got outplayed start to finish. I would look at this lions team and think, Hey, you know what they lost, but they lost to a much better team on paper and they're all, they're all heading in the right direction. Every, every single year where they, you know, they had the record that they had their that first year, only a few wins almost make the playoffs next year. NFC championship. Like that's a great, accomplishment heading in the right direction but i can't help but think that the way they lost that game it just 
it just makes me look at the Lions just so much worse now. It, it, it's not just losing that game. It's the way they lost right. that game. No, to, I, I completely agree with that to aspect. Be, to be up 24-7 at the half. And then, so 24, let's just fast forward, 24 to 10. And you're they're on the Niners side of the field, like the 30-yard line. And it's fourth and short. And if you kick the field, look, I know Bag, I know Michael Bagley, Badgley, he he sucks. But if you make, if you go for the field goal, and you, and you make it, it's a three possession game, and who knows how that game plays out? Maybe the Niners have to be, more, they're they're forced to be more aggressive. And Purdy actually has an air, uh, actually throws a, a a pass that gets picked off, and not, um, you know, just yeah. bounce off from someone's <laughs> hands or someone's face. face. Right. Yeah. yeah. The the second that happened, when it when it hits off of the guy's face and Brandon Ayuk make makes that catch, I I declared it over. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely I just, felt the same way. Even though they were up by two touchdowns, I'm like, I know how this is going to play out. I know it, it's it's so aggravating because uh, because I look, I know Dan Campbell. He's a super likable guy, and the the players love. Pl- it's clear that they love playing for the guy. Yeah, he comes a, off one as of someone that can relate to the players and the hard knocks and all that. Like, super fun personality, but man, that was so so foolish to to do what he did. I know, and I know people have said, "Well, this is what he's done all year." Well, okay, so you want to just com- continue to do that, even n- not even factoring in the situation of you're up by two pos- two scores and you can make it a three possession game if you just just kick the f- fucking field goal. Oh, it, it drove me crazy, and then uh, and then to just do again. it again. Yeah, the second time. after blowing after blowing it, uh, blowing the lead, and the Niners take the lead. You're like, all right, well now we're we're down three. <laughs> How about let's go for the field goal to tie the game? No, we gotta do this thing where, hey, it fits this it fits this thing of like, hey, we're not gonna stand down. We're gonna be aggressive. We're gonna show these teams who's boss. Like, no, you gotta be smart. Oh, it it just. That was so bad the way because the Lions were such a fun story this yeah, year. Yeah, they, they they were the were. team I'm, of all the teams. Like they were they were the team that I was pulling for. Right, and I think most of neutral America was rooting for the Lions. Yeah. You know, and so, so for them, it's it's not just to lose the the fashion that they lost, and and it's I don't I don't think it's it's not just a Lions thing. It's not just a Dan Campbell thing of like how he wants to be aggressive. I think it's a a problem in sports now. Just a league-wide trend relying too much a on league, analytics. No, it's not even just yeah, it's, it's, sports, it's, it's a whole uh, sports in general where we're relying too much on the numbers and analytics and probability of like, well, if we go for it, we have this percentage of a chance of converting. Analytics does not factor in the human element, the emotion, the pressure of the situation. I think if that... If that play were to happen in a random regular season game, I think Josh Reynolds makes that catch, and and, and makes that other catch that uh yeah, that went see, right I mean, to him. He doesn't drop two easy passes, it, it, and it's just it's so it's so frustrating because it's it the analyst does not factor in the human element, the the, the emotion, just the common sense, the 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 situation of the game. See, I understand both aspects of it and I, I tend to disagree. And I think a lot of it is judging too much on the outcome. And I think maybe it is one of those things where like, Oh, Josh Reynolds catches that pass in October, but he drops it in January. And I put the blame more on Reynolds and say, look, it was, it was great. You know, everything worked to perfection except for the actual receiver. Well, that's the the problem with analytics too, is that even when analytic guys are wrong, uh, 
are proven wrong, well, they say, well, no, the process yeah, so, is right. right. The process but, is right. Uh-huh. But, but the player has to make the play. Right, and it's right. Like, and no, I, it's not factoring uh-huh. in the other aspects of what's going, the, the situation of the game, the pressure of, like, hey, we're at the, the score and, um, you know, what's at stake. Right, but doesn't that also apply to the kicker who was signed off for practice squad, like, three weeks left in the season you have a much better ch- even though he stinks yes but <laughs> he's still what he's like 75 80 percent yeah and i, mean, I know it was he's like, not, the, he's not, so he's not a great kicker there's a reason why he's been on multiple teams right, now but right. but you still gotta go for the field goal when you factor in what's at stake and what that field goal uh, uh, puts you in right <laughs> no, you know, if badgley misses the field goal game. everyone blames the kicker for missing the kick and you know instead of blaming the head coach for not converting on fourth down i know but. the packers blew it with with right. their well, weenie kicker missing a field goal but it was the right call to go for the field goal make it a seven point game even if he misses it even though he's carlson the brother daniel carlson's brother yeah, and anders, anders uh-huh. uh is not was not good it was still the right decision to go for the field goal. So, right. No, and I, I get from that perspective. I think it's one of those where it's it's a lose-lose situation just because of what the outcome was in this. I think it's easy to sit here and say, well, the kicker, the kick wasn't far from guaranteed. Now, I think saying take the points is a bad phrase here. Like, take the points made sense when Dan Campbell elected to kick, like, the 21-yard field goal at the end of the half instead of going Yeah, but you could down. tell he wanted to go. Right, he did. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> uh-huh. But at the last second, he went for the field goal. Yes, Right, but that to me was taking the points because a 21-yard field goal, you can chalk that up. And you should 100%. still take the points when and that the situation. No, I know, no, and that's the issue is we're assuming that he makes this kick. And it, look, if he misses a kick, maybe look, the he's not going to make. The, I'm not <laughs> saying he's going to make the kick, but there's a better chance that he makes the kick than them converting the first down. I mean, maybe I think that the Lions' offense. I I don't blame Campbell. All for the momentum his was lost after yes, they no, went you're for right. it. When he didn't it, get it, and then it sucked. Like yeah, everything turned around. The Jameer Gibbs fumble was way bigger than either of the fourth down conversions. Like Jameer Gibbs immediately fumbling off of that first touchdown. Like that was the and worst part moment. of that. And part of that is Dan Campbell's part of that is to blame for the fourth down call because the momentum, the pressure, the the. All of that kind of leads up to that a little bit. No, you're not factoring that in. No, I I do think that there is a how bit of a human defend, element. How could you defend that decision at all? Because of them, I of mean, them going look, I it. agree with the whole idea of what Dan Campbell been doing all season long, and part of it was so the, they should just keep doing that in this situation because they've done it all yeah. year long. So here's in that moment as well, the third and four play handing it off to Amon Ross St. Brown. I thought that was dumb. Like, I don't know why you would give your wide receiver a handoff when you have David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. I didn't like that aspect, but as soon as he ran it, it's like, okay, well this is clearly just to go for it on fourth down here. So with that thought process in the moment, like I was all for it and it's revisionist history for me to turn around and say, Oh, it sucked because Josh Reynolds dropped the ball. And then the Niners completely like they ran down the field on offense I mean they hadn't done the entire first half I just think look I don't think there's a perfect I think it sucks either way I think it's one of those it's the ultimate when you go for it on fourth down you get it you look like a genius you don't do it you're an idiot and everyone no I still would have looked at as idiotic I still would have really just factoring in the score it's not like they were losing and they no you're right they were up they were up by 14 they're up 14 Mm -hmm. I I just you got to play it safe at that point in the game with what's 
on the line. Yeah, was, no, I get it. The NFC Championship game is not just a random regular season game. I get like there's a, a huge difference in that situation. So I understand from that perspective. I also, it's like you want to step on their throats and go up by three scores because you know the 49ers are a great team. And I don't, like 17 versus 14 is obviously significant. But the idea of 21 versus 17, I also get... You know, it's that still that a three-possession game. It I, is, but I, then that's I, I, the I can't, momentum I can't, goes in I the other way. I can't defend way. this. I can't. I, 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 I like Dan Campbell. He's done a great job with Detroit. He has, but I, I can't. That loss is on him. And the people, because I'd, I'd imagine Dan Campbell's not alone on that decision. I'd no, imagine there's, that yeah, are, you're right. There's there plenty are, of there are people upstairs and people in his ear that are saying go for it too. Right, because I mean, they're, you're looking at the numbers. So I think it was. On that first fourth down, it was like a 90.5% chance of winning if you go versus a 90.3%. So relatively insignificant. So, but so, we're, so they're going to they're gonna actually risk turning it over on downs and not getting points over 1% or 2%. Right. That, that's what they that's, did. That's yeah. what, that's, that's, see, that's a problem. <laughs> we're just going to make decisions just based on numbers uh, j- like like that minuscule numbers not even like wide percentage yeah and the number. second one was also it was slightly favored go but it was like 0.3 percent uh, that's ridiculous that, that's this is what's killing sports right now uh, with with just solely relying on analytics and probability of converting or winning or whatever like that that and not understanding the situation and what's at stake so, no, and I, I do agree. I do think that analytics goes too far. And I think the only reason why I'm not, like, in the same boat as you is that I don't think that the kicker is automatic by any sense of the... He's not automatic. Right, and that's it's why... It's not Justin Tucker or Harrison Bucker. Right, exactly. Yeah, like, Badgley kind of sucks. Yeah, I know. And that's why a, I think it's he's the still, same outcome. He's still an likely. NFL kicker. He still makes 75 to 80%, whatever the number is. I don't, I don't have it at the top of my head. But he's still a pro NFL kicker that is more than capable of making a 47-yard field goal, whatever it is. Yes. No, you're right. He should be. It is, it's a problem that they didn't have a kicker that they could trust in that moment. And we've seen plenty of teams like it backfire in them. Chicago in 2018, they had a kicker that who was not good. And, you know, that's how you get the double-doink situation to end I, your I, season. I, so. I'm not – look, I, I, I agree or I understand what you're saying about, okay, like, just assuming that Badgley is going to make the kick and it's – and. Because we've seen like all these kickers miss right. these kicks of Carlson and Bass and all that, but uh, just what just I just think it's just a, a foolish decision to go for it, given what was at stake, what the score was, the pressure. Like, uh, look, I just I just think it, they should have gone for the field goal. Just take I I <laughs> we're gonna agree to disagree. I think they should have take, taken uh-huh. the points on that on that play and the next time that they did it. See, the next time I think was a little more egregious because at that point you were down, but at that point it was also like the Niners had so much momentum, like being able to tie the game is huge. I still think they go down the field and score anyway, and you're kind of left in the same position. But in theory, if Badgley makes a field goal, the game is tied and, you know, maybe you're even going for two for the the win uh, on that touchdown at the end. But... No, Campbell made look, a lot if, of dumb Look, if it was decisions. like, I, I just trying to think of Regardless. kickers uh-huh. in my, in, like Maher missing like four extra points right. in a row. It's like, all right, I'm going, I'm going for it. If I got a kicker who he has just had no, uh-huh. no idea how to make a kick at that point, no matter how far away it is. So yeah, I guess someone like that, I'm, I'm going to go for it. Or if my kicker is hurt, but 
I don't know. I, I just think pretty much mostly, if not every uh, kicker in the league, like should be capable capable of making a forty whatever yard field goal, uh, and I think I thought it was dumb to go for it because once they once they did not convert it, and freaking the freaking ball hits the guy's face and lands in Ayuk's hands, like all the momentum went to San Francisco and it was over. Right. No, I completely agree with that. I completely agree that just out of nowhere, it just all went in favor of Detroit's. And, you know, it, it did take kind of a bad bounce. So they threw a flag. It would have been PI, right? Anyway. So they was, I don't know. I, they, they picked it up. So it's hard to tell. And I don't know if they, they decided it wasn't pass interference, but yeah, no, that, I think that play was, was crazy. I mean, even at the end of the game, the, Campbell's clock management was terrible and, you know, running the ball and oh, third and goal. And- three time three timeouts left, and I know Ferkser should have got the freaking touchdown. Uh, went, yeah, right, going one out of bounds all year. Uh-huh. A, a clear pass to the end zone, but he couldn't even get in the end zone. He had to go out of bounds. But, yeah, three timeouts left. You got to save the like, – once you're at that point in the game, two minutes left, down 10, like, you got you got to save those timeouts and to just run it, and you had to waste a timeout. It's like, well, now you gotta get the onside kick, or it's over. And and it showed mm-hmm. they, they they ran three plays, and I'm sure maybe it would have played a little bit differently if if they did have the three timeouts. But who knows? Like, yeah, if they had the three timeouts and they don't convert the 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 first down. The Lions still have enough time, even though it's less than a minute. They still have enough time to march down the field and get a, a field goal, yep. you know, that they didn't go for in the first place or the the second time that they should have. I I, I thought it was unforgivable. Yeah, that, that he decision. made he made a ton of mistakes in this game, and you know, no realistic person is calling for Campbell's head because of everything he did the past three seasons and just throwing it all in this one game would be like nonsensical. But it's also like, who knows? Is this going to be a wake-up moment? Is he going to stop you know, being as crazy aggressive as he was on fourth down? And that was Brandon Saley's demise, you know, as, as frustrating yeah, as it was. He was the poster boy of <laughs> uh-huh. going for it just because the number. Look, I think Dan Campbell, I, I'm, I think Analogs has part of it, but I also think it's just his personality. Right, he's like, like an oh, aggressive we're going to be aggressive. Right. Yeah, bite their uh, he's, he, like, Yeah, like la- last week we talked about how Sean McDermott is – uh, directing a Disney movie, Dan Campbell is Tin Cup, where he's just gonna not care what anyone else thinks, and he's gonna do what, um, you know, what he the the aggressive style. I'm not, if 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 you've never seen the movie, Corey, then no, you I haven't seen the movie. About. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> well, the, in should I give the spoiler alert or yeah, I mean, should go you just go? Yeah. Okay, well, well, in the movie, in the U.S. Open, he drives the ball on the 18th green. And he keeps hitting it in the water, and people keep questioning decisions like, "Why do you not? Why don't you play it safe? Why don't you, you know, lay up and then try to get it for birdie?" And he wanted to prove people wrong that he can get, he can hit, he can drive the green from the from his approach shot from two hundred plus out and needing like a th- three wood or whatever, and and it cost him the U.S. Open, but <laughs> he didn't make it, but it cost him. A trophy. It cost him the real prize. <laughs> it was a great movie, but at the same time, it was foolish. <laughs> kind of like what Dan Campbell did in this game. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely going to be thinking about it all off season, and you know what those what happened out there. I think like the whole team, and there's no guarantees you're going to be back. Like, yeah, you know, it's so he even said it himself. Say. The uh, man even said it himself. Yeah, he might have <laughs> blown their. They, they might their not even get back to this point. Right, that might have been their shot. 
Right. I mean, we've seen so many teams over the years. You're like, oh, they're they're knocking on the door. Like they're 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 the next stuff. Uh, oh, we'll be back. We'll be back next year. Just keep lying to yourself. Just right. like Bills fans, Cowboys fans, just join that. Yeah, group. I mean, you, like, oh, we'll be back next year, and then and then you blow it again, and <laughs> year after year, because of some coaching decision or because of some bad turnover or whatever. They're gonna be in that mold probably. Yeah. Hey, I mean, same more old likely lines. than not. It's didn't think that we'd be saying that this year, but it's same old. That lines. was crushing because they were. It was such a feel good story, o- only for them to lose in the fashion that they did. Where it's not that they just lost; it's the way they lost. And I really think that over aggressive style, relying on strictly the analytics, is starting to kill sports. Like, and it's already destroyed baseball for me. Like I love the uh, Corey, you love the movie Moneyball, and mm-hmm. I I definitely appreciate the movie too. It's definitely a great movie, and I'm glad that there was a team that had they had to think outside the box because like what Billy Bean said, if you play like the Yankees in here, we'll lose to them out there, right. which is so true. And you got to think outside the box, and they they found different ways. Even with the payroll that they had, they found ways to win still because of the way they thought, you know, using like all these analytics but at but we've also seen in baseball and other sports where it's gone too far now i mean if you want to do a, a perfect example with baseball like dan campbell going for it on fourth down in these situations was the raise pulling blake snell just about to say that thank you perfect per- perfect comparison yeah pulling blake snell in that situation and, and right, it was and also it, it backfired on him. Yeah, I mean, if you know, if the, the reliever comes in and strikes out the side, then it's like, oh, look, the Rays. That's why they're they're winning despite having the lowest payroll in baseball. But it didn't work out that way, so it's easy. And to, Kevin Cash deservedly got blamed, but you can't fully blame him because he probably has right had like some binder or people up people up in the upstairs telling him like this is what you got to do in this situation. Right. We can't have Blake Snell go through the. The, the the lineup three times in the same game or whatever mm-hmm. just and and now and now we don't have any pitchers that you know pitch any complete games anymore i know it, yeah it's, it's just all, completely it's it's different yeah yeah it, yeah so it's it's killed baseball for me basketball it's like there's a oh, 60 just... point 60 or 70 point guy yeah, every, every single night yeah. every single night now <laughs> when kobe had 81 it was like wow this is like such an accomplishment but uh, now it's like Every freaking guy now gets 60 or 70 points a night because there's no defense and everyone's jacking up threes. Yeah. And it's like, that's not the brand of basketball. Right. No, I it's, like. yeah, I agree. It, it, well, Adam Silver says the the 80s and 90s was boring for basketball. It's, you know, there's really? probably like a I, I middle this, ground and this, this is not it either. Yeah. Although and, and now it's, and now it's starting to affect football where common sense is now out the window. Yeah. Well, lucky for you, um, hockey, no one understands analytics. So that has a long <laughs> way to go. <laughs> Or it's ruined. Um, you know, I think you know. Yes, I, I, I do understand where you're coming from here, and I do get the the passion. I definitely was, you know, devastated by what happened there. Uh, the Lions were a fun team to root for, and it would have been a fun Super Bowl having the Lions in it. Um, yeah, and and you know what, the Chiefs they probably very very likely win the game. Like it, they'd probably be like four and a half point favorites, and. Uh, there'd be a lot of love for the Lions because they're the they're such a uh, fun team to root for. But ultimately, at the end of the day, pro- it, the Chiefs probably win and Mahomes wins in the fashion that he always does. 
uh, versus the Lions, and it's a much more competitive game versus the Niners. I get all that, but uh, it's just uh, it it's it sucks that that's that they're not in it, and but the way they lost. The, way, the reason why they're not in it is is crushing. Yeah, you're right. It would have been better to just get blown out 27-7, like the second half yeah, score. Honestly, yes. Uh-huh. Yes, even though, even though it would have been much less entertaining, it, it would have been much better in, in terms of my perception of the Lions going forward. Yes. If they just lost that game, just you know, just being outplayed start to finish. Right, I'd just be but like, no, all right, they, just building on something. There's still still a ways to go, but you know, we're we're right there. I get it. Like that, it's yeah. so different. And but now, but now, I really question them going forward after the way they lost. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I definitely had questions. Luckily, Ben Johnson's still there. Yeah, because, I say them keeping Ben Johnson is crazy. Offensively, they were awesome in that fir- that first half, and I mean, they just ran all over the Niners in that first half. They had three rushing touchdowns, one from a receiver, and I don't, I don't know. I, I their offense is really fun to watch. Their offensive game plan was working, and I think Ben Johnson's done a really great job with them. I think he, he, as much as as fun as Dan Campbell's personality was, I think Ben Johnson deserves just as much, if not more, credit for the line success. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that the way that offense has been running has been huge. I mean, in in terms of this team, like the directory they're on, because their defense has not been very good during this no. three-year stretch. You know, no. it's it's barely gotten better, and uh, you know, it, yeah, it's definitely a lot of work six, to do. Six straight weeks, but before this. This last game versus the Niners, six straight weeks, the number one receiver on the opposing team had at least 141 receiving yards and at least one touchdown. Like, that's the floor of the number one receiver <laughs> uh, the past six weeks. That's of crazy. Yeah. Lamb, Jefferson, Puka, and others. Yeah, Mike Evans. It's just, it, they they were shredded in, their, in the secondary uh, of you know, in these past six weeks plus. Yeah, it is kind of really remarkable that it didn't happen in this game. But, you know, I think that the, the last thing They also have the best running back in the league. So, right. yeah, they're, so they're going to rely on McCaffrey uh-huh. uh, a lot. Yeah, I mean, look, the 90s are a great football team. You know, it's in the end, I don't think anyone is totally surprised that they're going to the Super Bowl because they looked like the best team for almost the entirety of the season, minus, you know, a three-week stretch and then the one loss to Baltimore. But they, uh, you know, they definitely deserve credit for making the comeback because this is a team that for years, it was like, well, Kyle Shanahan, you know, he's going to blow games, can't come from behind. And they did in this one. Yeah, and I still... I still don't fully trust them because they've been outplayed for the majority of the playoffs. I know they won first Green Bay in Detroit. I get it. And they took advantage of the other team's mistakes, whether it was on the players or the coaches in this past game. But I don't know. that that They got outplayed for 50-plus minutes versus the Packers. And then in this game, completely outplayed in that first half. Their defense is overrated. Yes, They're I, getting I run all, all over. Right. Where Aaron Jones had 100 plus rushing yards, they gave up three rushing touchdowns in that first half. Um, and there, there, there are really good parts of defense, like Bosa, Fred Warner is awesome, Dre Greenlaw, but I don't know. Like they after have that, names, and that's the they problem. Have they have names, but I mean, people can throw Chase Young out there as a name, but well, he's not. Yeah. he's not any good. At least no. Not but like after those first few guys I mentioned, it, it gets really dicey. It, that's it's there's a reason why it's overrated. Overrated because, like I said names there are a lot of superstars mm-hmm. or you, guys that you think are supposed to be superstars but aren't <laughs> yeah i don't know what's the line at right now san francisco minus two i think it's fluctuated a little i think i heard that it opened minus two and a half and then yep. immediately went to minus one 
from yep. people betting on the Chiefs. So, yep. um, I mean, the Niners are favored, which, like, I guess I kind of get it because I do think they've been a better team than the Chiefs all year. But it feels very similar to last year where it's like, oh, I was yeah. Ju- oh. This is where I, exactly <laughs> where I was going is that uh, I picked Philly because, you know, they were the team that was consistently not, – not to start, obviously, but from start to, to finish – <laughs> to the end of the year they were the team that was consistently the highest on unfortunately that led into this year uh but <laughs> but they were the team that was highest on so by default i went with them because i felt like on paper at, at a very high majority of the positions on the field they were the better team but you know what the chiefs have they have the quarterback <laughs> even though not not saying the eagles don't because jalen hurts played awesome he was arguably the best player on the the field that day but at the same time Mahomes does what he does in, in the you know late in these games and can knows how to win better than any quarterback in the league right now, and 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 that's how I feel about kind of entering this game. Yeah, it's like no, yeah, I, I think the agree. Niners are better on paper in a lot of positions. Yeah, we could talk about like oh they're great at this spot and that spot, but you know what the the Chiefs have that the Niners don't. They have the they have the best quarterback in the league and. Look, Brock Purdy, he's fun. I, I I remember when he first started after Garoppolo got hurt. Uh, I I was definitely a fan. Uh, definitely a great underdog story with Mister Irrelevant being last pick in the draft, and you know playing really well in their offense. Look, there there are people when it comes to Purdy where it's like they don't want to give the guy any credit whatsoever, and it's like I think that's foolish. I I, I truly believe that he had a great year this year, and he. At one point in the year, he deserved to be in the MVP conversation, not to be the MVP, but to at least be discussed. And and I don't think it's just all about their weapons and all about the coaching and their scheme. I think he deserves some credit. But then there's also people like freaking Orlovsky who are like, we need to educate people on why <laughs> Purdy's like this elite quarterback. It's like, shut up. No, no, he's not. And so that's why I've been back and forth on him like all all year and right. it's, it's even though he's annoying discourse where it's exactly. like it feels like and you have to pick one side you say Brock Purdy is this amazing elite quarterback or Brock Purdy sucks and he's a product of his environment there's and no you can't be in the ground. middle it's like and yeah. I want to be in the middle right uh-huh and same and look and Brock Purdy deserves credit for bringing the Niners to you know victory and comeback situations but he's also gotten uh gotten away with a lot of bad throws too I don't think there's a quarterback that gets away with more throws, bad <laughs> throws, and uh-huh. picks than he does. It's crazy. I mean, the IU play uh, is just that personified. And that's <laughs> and that's one of them. Like that was so so. Oh, oh, I hated that play. Like, yes, it was a great top ten play. It was, yeah, it was a, a great play by Ayuk. But it was great, crazy athleticism by Ayuk to and awareness to make that play. But at the same time, all I could think was like, this game's over after that play. It's like all all of the momentum went to San Francisco after that, and. Again, he deserves credit for bringing them back uh, after being down twenty-four to seven. But at the same time, I, I, I don't—he's the weak link in their offense, and I don't know if I fully trust him start to finish in the biggest game of the of his career of his life. Uh, Especially going up it. against Patrick Mahomes, Espe- <laughs> exactly. Who who has the experience? Who has been the Super Bowls? Who's won Super Bowls? Who's come back in Super Bowls? Right, and I do. It's a long way of saying, Corey. I'm going with the Chiefs. See, I'm I'm also <laughs> taking the Chiefs, and it, I mean the same logic I applied to last year: Patrick Mahomes yep. and Andy Reid, and you know Kyle yeah. Shanahan. I think is an offensive genius. I think he's one of the, if not the best head coach in the league, but he's probably the second best behind Andy Reid. So, 
Um, I do think that's a factor is Kyle Shanahan in the big games. You know, we've seen him pull off some comebacks the past two weeks. I think that is impressive. I think he's kind of gotten the monkey off his back a little, but he's still got to do in the Super Bowl because he's still had has two to win the Super Bowl. Horrible Super Bowl collapses. So I know it's kind of unfair. But maybe it's not because we've like just looking at history. Which, who do you? Which quarterback? Which coach do you trust more? Uh, yeah, anyone would. It's, say it's pretty. Mahomes it's pretty right? obvious. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I, I'm. I'm done. I'm done doubting the Chiefs. Like, I know I said a lot of times this year, like I don't believe in their weapons, or I, and 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 their weapons are, or at least their big three after Mahomes. I mean, are playing their best at the most important time right now because they weren't really showing it especially Kelsey, like all season. It was still week 16, and they were still struggling mightily on offense. Not my, not mightily, but I mean, it's just that one game. But they were not the same team. But now now it's the playoffs. They're stepping up when it matters most, and they're, they're definitely uh, finding a rhythm right now. And I, I'm just not going to – I'm done doubting him now. Yeah, no, and I, I think, like, it was just so easy to focus on the Chiefs' offense. The Chiefs' defense is such a huge part of this team. Like, Exa- they're so good. An- yeah, another great point that their Mahomes' first season, they probably win the Super Bowl if they if the Chiefs defense was just okay, slightly below average, like yeah, just not giving up like four touchdowns to Sony Michelle and Rex Burkhead. Right, they were like <laughs> and, the and worst getting, defense in the league. Oh, uh, especially against the run, they were horrible. And so if they just had an okay defense, which is what they did the next year, if they had a defense that was just good enough, like they probably won would have won that the year before, um, and. Yeah, like even though the Chiefs' offense, this is arguably the worst offense of Mahomes' tenure. I mean, with I, Kansas I think City. It's, this is the best defense. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would say I had. do think it's pretty clear that it's the worst offense. I mean, even last yeah. year is like that's the only potential debate. But I mean, yeah, they they were so much better still last. It's not year. like it's a terrible offense, but just looking at the past offenses right. of like how historically good it was. Yes, I'd say like, like there yeah, are a lot is... of teams who would rather have the Chiefs' offense than their own offense. So yeah, <laughs> like ours. Yeah, right, right. It is. Uh, you know, the they they've had some tough losses this year where it's like what is going on like what happened to this team and you know it's easy to blame some of these guys but hey Kadarius Tony whether or not he's really injured he's not idiot on the field. that guy's so <laughs> dumb uh, he goes out on Twitter and says like I'm not hurt so you're just admitting to everybody right. that the reason why they're <laughs> declaring you out and hurt is because you suck yes yes right uh, idiot I mean, you're right it was just so easy to be like yeah i'm injured that's why i'm not playing he's the he's he's the last guy i would want on my team <laughs> uh i'd rather have Nikhil harry say <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, i mean the, the, harry the worst never receiver. he never lost a game for the patriots tony has lost never multiple lost. games to the chiefs yeah <laughs> he's had like what half dozen throws to him and in, into his hands that have resulted in picks something the, crazy the, the brian branch pick six opening night like the screenshot of it is just like what is going on here like i'll, I'll never forget seeing someone reply to, to pff saying you know that it was only the second worst wide receiver graded performance in like the last five years saying what does he have to do to be worse pull out a gun and shoot mahomes <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, I hope he doesn't catch every game, <laughs> every single time he's ruled out everybody and it's still funny everybody says oh man that's a huge boost for the Chiefs right right yeah <laughs> everyone says that and who can disagree with that yeah and I would be absolutely shocked if he 
all of a sudden it gets activated in the Super Bowl. No, don't so. <laughs> don't make him active. You can't can't possibly. Don't even do put it. him on the team plane. Right. Yeah. Just leave him on the the, the injured report with the personal. Yeah, don't track. even bring him on the team plane because he'll hang out in Vegas. He'll probably do something stupid, and and then all this all, all the attention goes to that. Yeah, well, I say, I mean, the last time the the Chiefs lost to the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I was gonna, I was thinking about bringing it up, but yeah, I mean, it, it's I insensitive. That, that was that was a super like, yeah, it yeah. was sensitive, but it's like yeah, that that topic got a lot of it was discussed a lot. Yeah, with Andy Reid's son. Yeah, right. So, which I mean, I don't want to accuse Kadarius Tony of you know anything doing that. Like no, that, of course but, not. That's why I didn't want to go there. Uh-huh. But even though I unfortunately did with the Vegas thing, but um. That's just don't even bring him. Like, don't don't play him. Don't play him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> fair to say. Just don't do that. Uh-huh. Even if he comes on the team playing, don't play the guy. Yeah. So we're both going with the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if the Niners end up winning this game. No, I wouldn't be either. I mean, they're favored. Like, it, maybe but... maybe they finally break through. Like, they definitely just t- take out the quarterbacks. I think they have the better team. Yes. Uh, like on paper, on, at most positions, like Philly last year. <laughs> And like it was kind of a toss of I went with Philly because I I mean look at the look at the year before that where I went with the Rams, but because they had the better <laughs> receivers line, uh, Aaron Donald uh, safeties corners whatever, you know what the Bengals had they had a quarterback that I I believe more <laughs> than yeah, Joe Stafford Shasty. yeah Joe Burrow yeah yeah yeah. It's I, like- I, so even though I picked the Rams, I'm like, well, if the Bengals win, it's gonna be because of this guy, uh, who's, you know, was proving to be a winner. I still think he is too, but, but uh, he's gotta stay Rams healthy. Def- yeah, that too. Yeah, I mean, I, I I was big on Matthew Stafford that year, but you know, he I I thought he'd win MVP. He didn't, so I don't even remember <laughs> what my feelings were other than wanting the Rams to beat the Bengals because I didn't want right. the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. So, no, and this game, like, when it comes down to it, this is a rare Super Bowl for me where I'm not going to be overjoyed or really disappointed based on the outcome. Yeah, I feel the same way. I I do. Like, who am I rooting for? God, I don't don't really care. I have an easy tiebreaker. So, if the Niners win, they catch the Steelers and Patriots as six Super Bowls, but also if the Chiefs win... He's closer to Brady and the Patriots, Brady. so yeah. like that's a I, reason for me to root I, for Kansas I want to look at a glass half full, but I, I look at a glass half empty either way. Yeah, whoever well, it's similar to last year, where you're like, you know, you're not going to be devastated by either of them, but neither of them winning is necessarily like, you know, the greatest yeah. outcome. Exactly. I, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I like this matchup way more four years ago, but. You know, after this matchup four years ago, the world turned to shit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, and so I don't know. I enjoyed it more in Super Bowl Fifty Four than now, where it's like. Well, there are uh, two new teams at the time, so it was right. just totally different vibes going. But into now it. it's like, oh, uh, like we got Chiefs Niners again. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, best quarterback versus arguably best team. So yeah, it should be a good matchup. But I think it'll like, be a great oh, Super I can't, Bowl. I can't, I can't help that, like, man, the Lions. I know, feeling like the Lions could be there. I'll say, I'm glad the Ravens aren't there. I know everyone wanted Lamar and the Ravens outside of us you know just in general like they were the team people were rooting for i'm so glad i don't have to worry about them in the super bowl yeah i i still don't like the ravens and the way that game played out i was the, the way it was playing out, i was rooting more for the chiefs at that point just because i i'm watching this game like Baltimore doesn't deserve to win this game like not that kansas city again wasn't wasn't perfect by any means but yeah. god that, that Baltimore. <laughs> 
I mean, the Lions lost because of, in my opinion, bad coach, bad bad coaching decisions. There definitely were some bad coaching decisions. Either way, like. But Baltimore player wise made dumber mistakes. Like I I don't, I can't think of outside. I mean, coaching was also really terrible. I say Zay Flowers, like that was like probably the worst in terms of letting a team down. Lamar too, like oh he was so disappointing. Right in this game. Yeah, it was it was big time disappointing. And I mean, you talked about it. They didn't run the ball at all. You're like, what are you doing? Yeah, they literally ate the the best running team in the National Football League. Ran had desi- designed eight runs. Yeah, all just, game. Just crazy how uh, you know that was the game plan somehow. That yeah. was the game plan, and when when you have Zay Flowers and a lot of just jags uh, at receiver, yeah, and then Mark, Mark Andrews, Andrews is who's, back, who's good, but but <laughs> he hasn't been played in like two months. Right. Yeah, just pretending like he's you know just gonna seamlessly come in and uh, great, great for him that he was out there. Yeah, it was, it was I, impressive I coming he, back. Logic I thought it made some difference, but he he really didn't really didn't at all. No, no, especially when you have Travis Kelsey catch all eleven targets on the other side. So another thing that drives me crazy still to this day is I don't know. There's one guy, one clear option you gotta re- look for, and you just you just let him have nine catches in the, in <laughs> okay. the first half. Well, even even on the touchdown, like my immediate thought was, okay, we were making fun of the Bills for leaving him wide open. Kyle Hamilton was draped all over that, him, and that, he still caught yeah, it for the, the, the Bills deserve way more heat than the <laughs> Ravens. Uh-huh. <laughs> that 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 is totally fair. I get it, but other plays, it's like, well. He's wide open on that play. He's wide open on that play. Bills again, way worse on Buffalo's part. But yeah, yeah, well, still, still find it annoying when the guy you need to cover just has like eleven or twelve catches. I hate Ravens were just doing their part to make sure Taylor Swift got to the Super Bowl to make NFL money, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's all rigged. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I flip flop on how I feel about their situation more and more by the week, but I think the re- relationship is real. Like, oh, there, there was a point 100%. where I'm like, oh, you know what? I, I, don't, I don't know if Taylor's just doing this just to promote her movie. Right, or, like the first like month. Is I this think a pub- so. publicity stunt? But like, no, as time has gone on, they're they're they just genuinely care for each other, and it's and it's not like they're all over social media about it, and um, it's just people who are upset about it is what kind of drives it or the media. Oh yeah. Right. It's like people just complain. I don't have a problem with them. I guess my bigger issue is with the media playing their relationship up and people being uh, irrationally mad about it. Um, I don't admit it's, it's, it is a little bit annoying. It's like, is Taylor going to be there for the Super Bowl? Uh, where is she going to be in this week, this this day, that day? Is she going to make it to the Super Bowl? You know, she has to be in Japan yeah, right. the day before. It's, it's like, like she can make it at 8 the in the time. morning. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's going to be there. It, it like is That storyline's like, a little a little annoying, and then it's like they're already betting odds on, like, is Travis Kelsey going to propose to her oh, after man. the Super Bowl? It is, I did see someone say that. It feels like a lock to say Travis Kelsey does not propose. And um, what was it? They said parlaying it with something else ridiculous. Uh, uh, the only way I see it happening is if there's, like, an Ian Johnson moment and he just happens to catch right, like the game, like the when game he touched touchdown or two-on-point conversion or something. Yeah, that Boise State. <laughs> I don't think that's actually going to happen. No, I but, don't think it has. There's a reason why no is is well-favored. <laughs> right, well, because they've only been together for, like, four months now, right? Yeah. Whatever the, the timeline is. Um, yeah, that that's so so silly that that's actually, like, <laughs> like a betting odds <laughs> thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, 
I, I'm not annoyed by it. I don't think she really gets a ton of screen time. I think it's been pretty obvious that she's barely on it. And um, I think there's way worse not, things that come I, on. Was, I actually not. saw someone say the this is the real singer who gets the most screen time. It was the outlet from the Apple commercial. <laughs> I was like, that's just so much worse. I'd much rather see Taylor Swift than any of these commercials. Yeah, I, look, I, look, I can do with, uh, you know, not showing her every five minutes of the game so they constantly. Don't. They don't. They only uh, show her when Travis Kelsey scores a touchdown or makes a big Right, play. which which makes sense. And sometimes it's a little annoying. You don't want to like, see her on she, the screen? She, cover Travis she's Kelsey. So, <laughs> she's so enamored by a touchdown. It's like she's never seen a football game in her yeah, life. I, think, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think she's an absolutely big football fan until now, but... I don't know. I mean, it's. I'm, I equate I'm, it to showing like, the parents so, in a, a game, like showing the parents celebrating their kids or whatever. Yeah, the media plays it up too much. People are just too irrationally angry about their relationship, and I'm not saying it's a little annoying, but I think they genuinely care for each other. I think it's a genuine relationship. I don't think it's just publicity. And yeah, I'm I not saying it'll last long. long I'm not saying that it's gonna last, you know, forever or anything. Maybe they will break up in the off season. I don't know, but I, I'm it's whatever. It's fine. <laughs> I'm rooting for them. I've been rooting for yeah, them. No, I know I you know I I I am it's it's look again, Corey, it's it's I I look at a glass half empty where it's like, oh man, if Mahomes wins that's a third Super Bowl. It's like I can't even enjoy the, the, the Patriots run that they had of of twenty years of dominance, but I, I I don't know I I just I kind of hate that the Niners are there like even though they're the best team on paper like they probably should have lost both games right it's just because of the past two weeks like that's it like, yeah it's it just crazy and thinking back where I was before the playoffs started I yeah. was like the Niners are winning the Super Bowl the Chiefs yeah. would lose to the Steelers and now I'm saying this like less than a month later I mean you <laughs> yeah I mean part of that was fandom but you but we also felt pretty good about like the Chiefs not making this run yeah right um. And so if you told me that this was the matchup, I'd be like, fast forward, like, oh, Niners, easy. Uh, but but the just way the way these few out. weeks, the way this has played out where I watch these Chiefs games and I I just, I fully buy into how they play in high pressure situations. And I fully trust them so much more than the opposing team that they're playing with Buffalo losing year, year after year. And just thinking, oh, this is going to be the year where they finally do it. Like, nope. And they they find a way to lose, and then same thing with Baltimore too, and and so the Chiefs like they have it with with the quarterback, and they, it's instilled in their entire team where they know how to. You trust them to know how to win more than more than pretty much any team in the league right now. And then the Niners, it's like yes, they're the best team on paper, arguably. But I look at both these games, it's like man, they were lucky to win that game. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. When it comes down to it, I'm going to trust Patrick Mahomes more than any other quarterback in the league, and I'm going to trust the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, just the way that but, they they've been playing and like this year's but team. But like like you said, I'm not going to be totally, you know, excited or disappointed for whichever team wins or loses. Like it's right. it's kind of like a uh, like I don't how do I feel about this team winning or losing or whatever. I yep. it it feels uncomfortable, but um. Who would I ref- like? Probably the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I, I picked them. I already bet them. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> See, legalized sports betting is coming to North Carolina next or in March. So yeah, yeah, right before the ACC tournament. So I think it's like they just oh perfect that. perfect time for college basketball. Right, perfect time for per- college basketball. Perfect time for you to burn your money. Right, I that. know, but it, it means like I I won't be able to just easily throw away my money on a Super Bowl 
odds and you know all the different like prop bets and everything so but if i was a betting man and wanted to bet on this game i would take chief's money line and the odds that go with that which so. is what i did yeah 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 no i i get it I, I mean especially with them being underdogs early on i am curious to see where the line moves around here um but you know i mean we have so much time still you know, another week and a half before the super bowl whole media week and everything so um I guess with that, we'll table it. You know, we'll come back and obviously talk about the Super Bowl when it's all said and done. Um, for now, let's talk about some coaching carousel news because we've had a lot of head coaches hired within the past few days. But we're going to start with some news that came out, um, you know, about six hours before recording here. <laughs> and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers hiring former Atlanta Falcons head coach Arthur Smith. And this was something when, like, they first announced they were interviewing him. You texted me. I was like, yeah, they're just, they're just taking the time, you know, doing whatever. Um, I wanted Clint Kubiak, San Francisco 49ers pass game coordinator. And uh, no, no, it just turned out two days later, the Steelers were hiring Smith as offensive coordinator. And I get it. I get where you're coming from because you obviously hated Smith. You hated what he did with the Falcons fantasy players and everything. And like, that's yeah, cut, that my, my dream of, uh, like of all the players, the Kyle Pitts by far was the one I was like highest on of the of the guys, but kind of ruined him. But like even just like their offense in general, it, I just think it's funny because for, for all this time, you know, you've rightfully so have you know gotten out your frustrations about the Steelers' offense and how it's run with Canada on as their OC, and I've bitched about Arthur Smith and how the Falcons' offense has been with all those explosive players that they have and just nothing to show for it only to just combine it into one. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and now we both get to bitch about it. Yeah, no, you're right. And look, I, I don't care about the fantasy impact implications for the Steelers. Like that doesn't move the needle for me. I'm not going to be upset. Yeah, about, it, it, you know. it does. It does more for me. Yeah, I will. No, and I get that. it. Yeah. And I think that people who are fantasy football fans more than football fans in general they're going to throw out things that just aren't true like oh the the same picture you know memes like that it's like no arthur smith is objectively an upgrade over matt canada because matt canada is not an nfl offensive coordinator i can't can't (laughs) deny that as much as i hate arthur smith i'm not going to deny that he is an upgrade because it couldn't have been any worse it, it could not like if the Steelers didn't hire Arthur Smith, somebody else was going to hire him. And I know yeah, his and, head coach and, tenure. And he has a sucked, history but... of being an, a good OC, even though I think a lot of that had to do with Derrick Henry in Tennessee. Yeah, he definitely still helped. has a history. Still has a history of having success as an OC. And yeah, top ten uh, and top five offense in Tennessee in 2019 and 2020. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I can't deny that. And the fact that the Steelers' offense has just the, has looked as bad as it has, where it. You know, Steelers fans, you know, knew it from day one while everyone started to realize it, like, just nationally, like, not just mm-hmm. locally or teams that, you know, fans that really follow the team. It started to just, everyone knew yeah, how everyone bad. everyone knew, right. Yeah. You couldn't go and to everyone feels that way about without Arth- Fire Canada chance. <laughs> and, yeah, oh, yeah, Pittsburgh Penguins games, <laughs> like, Fire Canada, and they're probably Canadian hockey players that are like, yeah, whatever, right. what, <laughs> what did we so do? So confused. <laughs> Like what do they? Why do they hate us for? Uh, but anyway, yeah. Like looking at it from the other way, when it comes to Arthur Smith, looking at it from a positive aspect is that yes, he had success as an OC in Tennessee, and it's not like the Falcons were awful. No, they weren't. I mean, they, yeah, they, they were just my 
wildly mediocre to, yes. to below average. And um, so I, I, I don't like him at all. I would not hire him, but would I rather have him over Matt Canada? Yeah. Right. But I mean, and that's where the, the bar is. The bar was very low. And coming into this, I wanted a, an innovative young mind, you know, someone who brings something different. And my issue with this, it really comes down to two things. One, the Steelers made it seem like they were going to cast a wide net based on press conferences to Mike Tomlin and Art Rooney. And instead, the Steelers only interviewed three candidates. Along with Arthur Smith, it was Panthers OC Thomas Brown. We saw what the Panthers offense looked like. I know they were dysfunctional. Jesus. I don't know how much of that really is on Brown, but he was one of the three guys. And the other was Texans quarterback coach Jared Johnson, who obviously had no experience as an offensive coordinator or play caller, and a lot of people didn't really view him as a serious candidate. So it felt well, like well, the Steelers well, basically Tom- just made up their mind, and Tom was like, I want to take a comfortable approach, and I'm just going to take Arthur Smith because I kind of know the guy. There's some connections here. He's ran an offense before, and he's just going to be the guy. And they almost went into well, it like, you know, did whatever Rooney rule or whatever you had to do, just didn't. I don't know how many guys turned down interviews in the first place, but if it's disappointing that only three guys got in the door for an interview. And I see the Patriots have interviewed the, the, the 11. The Patriots have interviewed like nine guys. Yeah, oh, 11. Okay. 11 now. 11 <laughs> offensive coordinators. Like, that's a way more serious process. And I was critical of the idea that they just hired Gerard Mayo without interviewing anyone else, but I like that he's taken the time to interview a ton of candidates. And that's not yeah, something I, we saw I, the Steelers do here. I like that too. I, well, yeah, I mean... I don't know who they hire, who they'll hire, but it does feel super. Uh, I don't know. Like I'm not super confident in the Patriots still heading into next year with their coaching staff. You'll have a rookie head coach, a rookie defensive coordinator, and very likely a rookie offensive coordinator. Where maybe even a rookie but, quarterback. Yeah, that too, probably very likely. And so, from a year one standpoint, it's going to look bad, very likely, and not. Um, you know, like Belichick going four and thirteen, like that's a big story. But Gerard Mayo going four and thirteen is kind of like whatever. Right. Uh, that's, I get it. It's not as it's it's like you. Well, yeah, of course they're all first year guys and don't have a lot of experience, and so you'd love to be um, the Houston Texans, but you also know that you don't. Yes, have a heck that's Texas a great team all the time. That's a great way of putting it. Like I want you want this to be quick, where you want it to be like the Houston Texans, where like oh they have a minority head coach now. And they'll likely have a top, uh, a very a high pick at quarterback in in the, in the draft, like like Stroud with the Texans, and you hope it translates to that. So yes, that's a great way of putting it. Is that I want it to be like the Texans, but very very likely it won't be. Yeah. So, but I, I like the approach the Patriots are taking. I hate. Well, the, the Steelers only the Steelers did took. it. Just, yeah. If, Thomas Brown did have ties to the Rams at least. Yeah. And, right. And. You know, the, I'm trying I to look at glass the, half full. You're right, the McVay Shanahan tree, where maybe it had, the Panthers' lack of success probably had more to do with the quarterback. Maybe Frank. Wright, I don't know the owner. I, no, I I don't think it's all on Thomas Brown, but it's also like he was. Part oh, gee, of you a, were part of that. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's it's not necessarily inspiring when these this is your final list of candidates and feeling like the team could have potentially waited and yeah, yeah it's, it's not an inspiring option. hire. No. Even if it's an upgrade over Matt Canada, it's non-inspiring higher. Right. And well, that wouldn't give me a lot of confidence in the Steelers' offense going for, especially if the quarterback position is still a big question mark with, okay, Rudolph, yes, he did play well down the stretch, but do you want him to really be the starting quarterback? Like I wouldn't, and that would just give me less confidence. The fact that Rudolph 
retained the job, like started and kept the job with Pickett healthy, even though, yes, Rudolph probably deserved to start, um, you know, for playing relatively decent football. That also just gives me less confidence in Kenny Pickett. Like, dude, even though you're healthy, you can't even start over Mason Rudolph, even if he was playing half decent. Like, that's that doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. And then Trubisky obviously blows. He's yeah, I mean, gone. Trubisky's gone. Yeah, that's that's not a, a debate. No, and the, the issue with Pickett, it's, you know, it yes, Rudolph played well in his absence, but Pickett wasn't playing inspiring football before that to be able to justify right. turning to him, you know, when Rudolph had the hot hand. And yeah. I don't think Arthur Smith is necessarily like the guy that you want to bring in when you have a young quarterback who you want to see if he's the guy because it's a great fit for the Steelers in the sense that it's going to be the the run game oriented yeah, offense. Yeah, a lot of a lot of running. Yeah. Yeah, and you you know you can maybe hope that Najee Harris actually turns into Derrick Henry with Arthur Smith and that you know, whoever the quarterback is, is able to have like this Ryan Tannehill like season, you know, thriving under him with play action. And maybe he'll use George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, like AJ Brown. And um, I feel like there's another kind of relevant receiver on that Titans team. I can't think of right now. But I, I don't know about that. Yeah, it, it, was really AJ, it was AJ Brown. Like what? Westbrook Akine? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't even remember it to that far back, but it's, <laughs> You're basically you're capping your Burks. ceiling. It's a it's a high floor, like it's a safe higher whatever. Like you know what you're gonna get. You're getting a proven offensive coordinator, as bad as he was a head coach, but you're you're capping your ceiling by trying to be a run heavy team and like building an offense yeah. that doesn't win Super Bowls, especially in the exactly. AFC when you have all these elite yeah. quarterbacks. Yeah, just because the Falcons didn't totally suck, they didn't have a great ceiling. No, with Arthur Smith, right? Like their the offense. ceiling was, oh, they'll win the NFC South, and you know, they, <laughs> which is not an accomplishment right. really at all when you only, when you only need to win eight or nine games. Right, and I have I have total faith in Arthur Smith being able to run an offense that keeps the Steelers relevant enough to maybe maybe make the use the middle of the field. Or, right, the tight end position. I don't know what to make of it because Jonu Smith thrived under him, but <laughs> he couldn't figure out how to use Kyle Pitts. I don't know that Pat Fryermuth is even like that special of a player, and. Yeah, I mean, I can already envision, you know, George Pickens just, you know, blowing up. Being completely uh, like, taken out of the offense yeah. And, and, yeah, losing his mind. Right, and I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what to think. And it's also the quarterback position. Is Rudolph going to come back? Is it just Ryan Tannehill? Is he going to be the Steelers quarterback next year? Is that better than Kenny Pickett? I almost feel like that is, but I, it's I, like... I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I, don't I love well, this. well, first of all, I, I hate how long we talked about this already. <laughs> but, but uh, I don't blame you. But it's just, I, I just think even if the Steelers' offense looks a little bit better, just because it couldn't look that much worse, uh, I still just find I just, with Arthur Smith as their OC with the pieces that they have that are decent but not amazing. I just think the Steelers are just going to be another mediocre, have another mediocre season where they may or may not make the playoffs with eight or nine wins or whatever. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I like that's my reaction to this. I wanted, you know, Clint Kubiak and the you wanted real of, change, but it looks like it's just going to be a little bit more of the same. Maybe look a little bit better, but not that much better. Right, right. I mean, I look at what what Brock Purdy is doing in San Francisco and be like, maybe that type of offensive system could be great for Kenny Pickett. And now it's just like I I don't know. I don't know what to make of this, but. Whatever. I mean, that's really what the Steelers want to be. They just want to be a middle-of-the-road team and, you know, do the safe, comfortable thing. And it's just frustrating that, you know, all this time, like you said, begging for Canada to be fired and then Smith is his replacement. So, yeah. 
Um, but anyway, let's talk about the head coaches. And really, there's one gigantic name to talk about here, and that's the Los Angeles Chargers getting Jim Harbaugh, fresh off a national championship in Michigan, to come back home, sort of. I know there was San Diego when he was a quarterback, still the Chargers, and uh, he's taken over the reins. And I guess my first question for you is, how many Super Bowls are you picking the Chargers to win in the next five <laughs> years? You know, two, three, four, all five of them? <laughs> um. I mean, I would go with zero. Just, I mean, Harbaugh, he didn't win a Super Bowl with the Niners. No, why, would that give right. me, why would that give me confidence that he can win with the Chargers? Because you love uh, the Chargers. You pick them every year. I mean, I'd pick them one year to, to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, too high on them as usual. But look, I look at this move, and I, I if, if I could hire anybody that was available, that would have been my choice. Uh, he, was, he was great in college, and he was great in the NFL. He's the, like the one... Not literally only one, but definitely a very short list of guys who succeeded both in college and the NFL. And when he took over that Niners team, uh, whatever year that was, the Niners went from the Niners went from not a playoff team to a two seed just immediately. And the Niners looked like an actual functioning NFL franchise. And then they made the Super Bowl the year after that. Um, and so Harbaugh definitely will get a lot out of whatever he gets a lot out of. The, the players wherever he's coaching with if it's with the Niners or Stanford or Michigan or maybe with the Chargers too um I look at them as look five and twelve is a joke with that yeah. say what you uh, want about them five, five and twelve is so they were so stupid. much better than that they're right. so much better than that like yes they're 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 not like a Super Bowl contending team and look I I think Herbert will definitely benefit from having Harbaugh as his coach unlike Brandon Staley or Anthony Lynn but at the same time Harbaugh's teams were really run first teams, run first and defense of defensive minded teams. It wasn't totally about the quarterback. Uh, so I don't expect Herbert to be like unleashed and put up like right. all these crazy numbers. But at the same time, maybe I look at the Chargers and say, like, all right, like they can be a, a team to look out for. Not, not like, again, like going all the way or anything, but as a playoff team, again. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I think this absolutely moves the needle for the Chargers yeah. organization. Um, I've long felt like it doesn't matter who the coach is, something is horribly gonna go no, wrong. Th- and that's Harbaugh how I feel could that's how I feel bucket, but that's how I feel still about the Chargers, where it's like I've seen this enough where it's like, you know, it doesn't matter who the coach is, like they'll find a way to uh, fuck it up anyway. But this gives me more confidence like freaking Brandon Staley, just a straight up nerd as their head coach. Yeah. And a guy who has a real football mind and gets a lot out of the players, won a national championship. Co- players love playing for him. And even though he's a lot to, to, to handle, he's a wild personality. It's and probably going to end on he's, a he's someone. Yeah. He's someone that I would not want as a long-term option. Because at some point, it's just his, his style will probably wear off. Even though it didn't in Michigan, like he, he was there for a while. Right. But I, mean, I just then, think in the NFL, you know, I mean, the, look at the Niners. Like, yes, they made an NFC Championship game and then made a Super Bowl. That last year, they didn't make the playoffs. Right. No, it was, it was, was kind of like uh-huh. leave that team out to dry at that point. So I think it's great for the short term. And I think Herbert and a lot of guys in their team can have immediate success. But I, I don't like look at the Chargers and like, oh, they're going to they're go all the way now. Okay, because um, I remember you saying that if the Chargers hire I, him, you're gonna yeah. I'm, I'm sort of joking, but sort of not at the uh, same time. Where it's like, oh well, I've already had 
I've had plenty of bad Chargers takes in the past, and like, oh, if they hire nice, Harbaugh, yeah. like, here we go. <laughs> keep him going. Uh, <laughs> Just well, keep it going. He's joining playoff, Patrick playoff Mahomes. Playoff team. Yeah, he's joining Patrick De- Mahomes in the Chiefs division. So that already yeah. puts him in a That's in a already tough spot. puts him in second. Right. So. But they but what they they get to face Sean Payton and his smug, uh, his smug ass and freaking Wilson, who's washed at this point, who's not even gonna be on the yeah, team. Yeah, I say I don't even know if he's gonna be their quarterback probably, anymore. Probably Stidham or whomever. Like I, I look, they're better than the Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take them over them. And then the Raiders, definitely fun story with Pierce taking over for McDaniel's. But I still think there are a lot of holes in that team. Yeah, and they hired not that there not Telesco that there aren't any holes on the Chargers over. team. But I, uh-huh. if I were to rank it right now, Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably a fair way to put it. I say this: we still have so much offseason to play I out know. before we really know what's going on there. But no, I do think that this was like the biggest splash that the Chargers yeah, could have made, I'm and a, definitely. A, I'm a, a fan of the hire for sure. I, I'm just not gonna go too crazy because I just don't want to look like an idiot again. Yeah, it would be very funny if Harbaugh first thing he does is trade Justin Herbert and draft JJ McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> it's probably unrealistic, but like he did love McCarthy. At Michigan. Oh, he he loved he loves McCarthy. Yeah, like that's one where I don't understand it. I don't think I'll ever. I don't be understand able to. the fascination with him. I don't he, at all. He, he all he had to do was hand the ball off and let the let their running backs just run free. And oh, any the thing that bothered me about JJ McCarthy is that anytime the camera's on him, like oh, you gotta watch me, you gotta watch <laughs> me do my my yoga, uh-huh. like in the end zone, like that, like kind of a tool <laughs> yeah no I, I i i agree i don't really he's not that great, even that great of a passer he no, didn't have to like do a, anything in that offense i, I don't yeah, know what I, the fascination i don't get i don't it. know what the fascination is with him yeah. in the nfl i mean right no i i i don't understand it either i'd say that if harba's gonna take anyone you know blake Corum, the running back probably makes much more more uh sense here especially with the way austin eckler looked this past season yeah i i think I'd imagine part of it had to do with his early ankle injury in week one, but so I'd imagine that played a part, but at the same time, he looked slow. He looked, <laughs> and, yeah, and really even, even bad. when he came back. Especially, you know, for all of the fuss he made about the contract over the offseason yeah, to go you can't, out of like that. You can't help but think, all right, is this because of the injury or is it, all right, he's becoming he's, washed now. Right. And I, I feel like it's it's at least a combination, if not yeah. you know, the latter. So Right. Agree. Um, so three more hires that were made this week. Uh, let's start with the first one that I think is a surprise for a lot of reasons. Um, that's the Atlanta Falcons hiring Raheem Morris. And I don't think it's necessarily them hiring Morris specifically. You know, he's a guy who won a Super Bowl as the Rams defensive coordinator, had been in Atlanta for years. You know, he was on that Super Bowl team. He was their interim head coach when Dan Quinn was fired early in the 2020 season. I think it's more that he was hired over guys like Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel, who had multiple interviews with the team and were, you know, head coaches that, like a lot of people were saying, were two of the best on a, a loaded head coaching free agent class. The Belichick one's surprising because he had, yeah, well, I guess Vrabel too, but Belichick looked like he was zoned in to, for that position, even though. I wouldn't have loved it, uh, him being Atlanta, but you know he's in his seventies, and you know, the way the Patriots have looked uh, without ever since Brady left for Tampa and retired, the Patriots haven't been good. What's they haven't won a playoff? Game. They didn't win a playoff game. They they had one playoff appearance and got their ass kicked. And this last year was their worst year by far. Mac Jones was, I mean, I, I mean, yes, he sucks, but 
I think you could say both that Mac Jones sucked and Belichick kind of ruined him. And uh, I don't, I, it's look, yes, he's one, he's the arguably, in my opinion, greatest coach ever, but I mean, now like he's probably middle of the pack, maybe below average. Like, the Patriots really were not that good. And how many years does Belichick really have? Like two or three left. Yeah. I, I, you're probably, they're probably thinking of something. Like, do we really want to hire a guy for, this long and then we got to restart again. Right. With a I think that's guy. the concern. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you also aren't going to give him full power because of how things played out at the end in new England. But it's also like, even if you bring him as a head coach, like there's going to be a power struggle, like inevitably, especially if you're like a GM, like Terry Fontenot. Yeah, it seems like he clearly wants to not just be a coach, but have full control. Right. And, and seeing how the Patriots have looked, not just uh, coaching wise, but personnel wise, these past several seasons with the Patriots, it's like, do we really want to give him full power? Uh, especially when he doesn't have Brady with him. Yeah. I, no, I, I understand it. I, uh, I, I, it doesn't surprise me that, um, maybe a little bit surprised. It is, right, it is a little bit of a job, shock but, factor but, to the, the idea of him I, not getting a job anywhere. But also like when you think about it rationally, it's like, yeah, yeah. This, this makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the great way of pointing, Corey. Is that when you think about it rationally, it's like, well, yeah, you sucked without Brady, <laughs> uh-huh. especially that last season, and you're in your seventies. Even if you're the greatest coach ever, like, why would why would anyone want to hire you uh, the way it's looked recently? Yeah, yeah. So I I think that I mean it, it is it's crazy that he took two interviews and isn't getting a job because it felt like oh if anyone wants Belichick they're gonna hire him and if he's gonna do interviews that means he wants to be hired but. Uh, definitely good for Raheem Morris, you know, getting another opportunity, I think 12 years since he was hired, fired by Tampa. So, and, uh, he got Zach Robinson to join him from the Rams. So he's got that young up and coming offensive coordinator, a guy that I would have liked in Pittsburgh. I'm sure he wouldn't have hated him going yeah. to New England. Yeah. So. I, I wouldn't have minded him as an option in New England. Give it, I, I want, I want a piece of that coaching tree. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what, in, in any way, shape or form with the McVeigh, Shanahan, one of that, those that 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 Washington Commanders <laughs> yeah, coaching tree of, of McVay, Shanahan, <laughs> Matt Lafleur, Bobby Slowick, uh, Slowick, yeah, Raheem uh, Morris is part of it Raheem now. Morris, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, any any piece of that coaching tree, I will take. <laughs> yeah, it is it is crazy. All those guys, and I think that team went three and thirteen. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and then uh, I guess sticking with the NFC South, Dave Canales jumping ship from the box to the Panthers. So, I mean, kind of a, a hot take prediction for you. You said Canales would get a head coaching job. You just thought it would be. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. I did say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He proved to have success with Gino uh, in Seattle when he was the quarterback's coach. And he proved to have success with Baker when he was the offensive coordinator. And yeah. So uh, it doesn't t- surprise me, but at the same time, it's like, um, it's a short sample size. It <laughs> it's is. not like he's been doing this for like 10 years. It's like, what, a few years? One year as an offensive coordinator and right. I like mean, several, he's years very as young. A, several years as a quarterback's coach. But it's like, well, when you have prime Russell Wilson as your quarterback, yeah, you're going to have success. <laughs> yeah, and I, I do think it is impressive what he's done those past two years. I also do wonder how much Tepper saw. Wait, Baker Mayfield, he sucked here, but he was great in Tampa. Let's get the guy who was coaching him. Yeah. And bring him like you know. I'm sure that is at least somewhat of a factor in this decision. So yeah, it's a tough spot. I mean that that team is a very much. I still work think in they progress. suck. 
a major work in progress. But it's I'll be interested to see if Bryce Young can develop as a better quarterback and isn't a total bust or if he really is. Right, right. And I don't think that he is a total boss. I do think he showed no, some I wanna, moments. No, I want to see how he looks after this next season with with a, a different coaching staff, a younger, more relatable, probably better offensive <laughs> uh, coaching staff uh, than, than when it was with Frank Reich, where even though he had some success in Philly and Indianapolis, I felt like at the time it was an uninspiring hire and kind of proved Same. to be right although i would put more blame on the owner and right Ryan. yeah it's, I, I totally believe that they wanted stroud the you know reich and mccown and other guys on that staff then but then tepper then, uh, Tep, yeah. and tepper just stepped in I mean, just just yeah. see just see how he reacts and acts uh you know with fans and the way he acts personally uh i i, I totally believe that story yeah right <laughs> well reports that he uh he chose Young because Bryce Young ordered scallops at dinner instead of steak, like CJ Stroud did. Like the, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It That's sounds a, crazy, but the guy is a nutcase. Right, right. That maybe it is real. Um, yeah. So I, I do think that, uh, you know, it, there's, there's some promise here, but it's not like an Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence situation because Tepper's still there. So. Yeah, I, I don't I don't look at this hire as like, oh, the Panthers are for real now. Like but it could be a good hire. It could be. Right. It's but, promising. I feel better about this hire than I did Frank Reich last year. Yes. So. That's that's how that's how I would put it, is that Panthers could have more than a f- couple wins <laughs> uh and have a step in the right direction, but it's not like I'm like gonna pick them now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now finally Titans hiring Brian Callahan. This is a move where, like, when it first came out, I was like, oh, good, the Bengals lost their offensive coordinator. That's going to hurt them. And then immediately saw Bengals fans celebrating when they got rid of him and hired, promoted their quarterback coach to OC. So I'm like, all right, never mind. And that just gives me no confidence that Callahan's going to turn around this Tennessee team anytime no, soon. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't have much confidence in that move either. Yeah, I mean, it's just I, – I, I don't remember if it was this team. I, I do know at one point I said, like, this job is going to be much better when this next guy gets fired. And there's no doubt in my mind that Callahan isn't lasting more than a couple years with this team because yeah, it, I, I, they're just – they're kind of a mess right now. Like, they have a lot of yeah, work to and, do. Yeah, and, and literally every other team in their division actually is half decent. Yeah, they all, all have reasons to feel good. I and mean, they all finish above 500. Yeah, so. all – all three have a legitimate shot of winning the South next season. It's yes. not a question. It's <laughs> it's it's not a question of who's going to finish last. It's definitely going to be Tennessee. It's a question of who's going to finish first between those other three teams. Yeah, I mean, barring like some significant injury or like something crazy happening, I, the Titans are closer to the number one overall pick than they are making the playoffs. So uh, yeah, I I agree. Yeah, which I think has it's been true for the last you know. Week season and a half going back to like week eleven when they beat. But now Ray it's Bay. really clear, right? Not having Vrabel as the coach anymore either, and Will Levis is decent, but he had uh, moments where he looked all right. He had moments, but the, I, those other three teams are definitely heading in the right direction, right? Much I mean, better they, than Tennessee right now. Yeah, they should all feel better about themselves to varying degrees. So yeah, yeah. So all right, that'll do it for this one, and um. No episode next week unless you really want to talk about like the NHL All Star Weekend and the Pro Bowl. Fuck that. No, <laughs> stop. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll uh, take some time to recuperate here before coming back with our uh, annual Super Bowl recap episode. So, should be a lot of fun. 
Um, we'll also talk a little NBA trade deadline and we'll end it by talking about Super Bowl commercials. We'll see if we like them or hate them and you know, the, the order we go with in this one. I kind of uh, hope they suck so we can talk about how bad each one is. Yeah, I say. I mean, there, there's been some awful commercials that we've seen throughout the playoffs. So I, I would like to have some. Oh, you mean you don't, me laugh. you don't like the Liberty commercial? No, no, no. You don't like that one? No, I, I or, hate the... Or what the... Uh, uh, that... The, the football fan. I'm going to the Yeah, the combination game. football game and grocery store. Yeah, I can't uh, that stand one's that one. Right. No, there's just so many terrible ones out here. Hey, I got my caveman Geico commercial back. <laughs> remember wanting that a couple of years ago. And then actually comes and I'm like, no, this really doesn't like, Oh, this actually sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I say even, I feel like even the, um, the progressive commercial where he's like trying to make them not be like their parents. Those haven't been the same. No, th- those were definitely... Yeah, they're not the same as what they used to be. I still enjoy them a little bit, but I, I kind of agree. Yeah, I don't know if it's just kind of you know gotten over them at this point because I, I loved them yeah. in the beginning, but yeah, you know, I made it my fantasy football team name versus you one time. Yeah, it <laughs> should be every time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that'll do it for this one. So we'll be back in a couple weeks, and we'll either be right about the Chiefs winning, or we'll probably. Uh, you know, have to. It's just, very likely we'll be wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. You're like, oh, Brock Purdy <laughs> outplayed Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. There you go, Benjamin Carlson. We'll end it on a high note for you. <laughs> All right. For my co-host Brian Wells, I'm Corey Bondi. Thanks, everyone. Yeah.